Weatherman. Weather brought to you by the Westport Touchless Auto Washes at Walmart in Iowa City, Coralville's High V. This is the Hawk Fanatic segment. HawkFanatic.com coming within uh, hours. Uh, brought to you by Patrick Eads and everyone at Deary Brothers. Ford Lincoln. Great place to buy your car. Steve Anderson. Hawkeye Title and Settlement. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars. GT Car and his crew at Supo Siding and Remodeling. Hawkeye Courier Express, 1-800-800-ROWS. Big Dog Satellite, Internet and Solar. Don't call an 800 number. Call Kevin at Big Dog, a premier dish authorized retailer at 338-6600. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers and Cowboy Lawn Care. From HawkFanatic.com, it's Pat Hardy and Tom Suter. Morning, Pat. Good morning on a Thursday. Morning, Steve. Hi. It's a special Thursday edition. It is, because you're able to score an interview that most have been unable to do over the last 30 years. Yes, I just hope it comes through. I mean, his wife reached out to me last night, Noel, and she's going to have Ronnie call in here, according to our latest exchanges at 11.15 Eastern Time, 10.15 our time. Okay. And so we'll just kind of go from there. Um, She has also written an op-ed. I mean, Noelle's from West Des Moines. She went to Valley, ironically. Me being a Dowling graduate, we kind of got a laugh out of that. <laughs> and um, they have a beautiful little daughter. They, she sent me a picture. And it's, I mean, she her op-ed's pretty strong. It talks about racism in Iowa and at Iowa. And when we were talking a little bit on the phone last night, she talked about how Ronnie sh- at times tried to reach out and just hasn't felt real embraced and what have you. But... You know, we'll let Ronnie talk, of course. And she did say that Ronnie would address the Rose Bowl. You know, I mean, so, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I don't want to har- No. I would like to have some some good in this interview, too. I mean, I, I mean I'm going to let him know at the beginning. See, what happened was she read my column I wrote about uh-huh. six, six weeks ago. She read that and then reached out to me saying, do you want to comment? Would you want to speak to Ronnie? And I'm like, God, do I oh ever? Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, so. You know, I mean, he's... Arguably, and I will argue it, the the best player that's ever been at Iowa. I would say and that too, and we've been saying that for years, not just because we're supposed to be coming on here in an hour. And he had a bad half, in a real bad half in the Rose Bowl, mm-hmm. you know. But my recollection could be hazy, but it seems to me our team gave up like forty five points on defense. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, I don't believe Ronnie played defense. No, it was a team loss. It was. Yeah, and um, Eric Ball ran for what two hundred and twenty-six yards or something like that. I mean, just, it seemed like two thousand and and it was the same play that Lorenzo White had used earlier in the year. That kind of that what do you call that thing? The counter river, the and counter delay, or sort something. of yeah. That delay, you cut one way and go the other. And Lorenzo White had shredded Iowa. Remember, they had yeah. to come back and they beat him thirty-five, thirty-one that year. So, yeah. so you know, if this helps, I got a sense from talking to his wife last night that. I think there's. I think Ronnie would like to, maybe somehow reconnect with his alma mater, and if we could help do that, if this thing oh, does, oh, I'm all for it. You know, and I'm one of these. You know, it's got to happen first. I mean, like I said, I keep checking my emails and texts to make sure nothing changes because they. She said they're traveling between ten and eleven, or between nine and ten our time, and she couldn't talk during that time. That's why okay. we're going ten fifteen, and he couldn't do this on Friday either. So I figured that's when I called you guys. I'm like, you know, let's. Oh, let's. 
let's get this um, let's get this while we can and it's also timely too because at any moment in the next few hours we're going to be launching hawkfanatic.com it's finally ready to go for the most part i think they're working out all the last details and what have you but i just finished my kind of my overview my column on the kirk ferentz culture situation right now so um we got a, i mean we got a lot of good fresh content tyler divine i mean deuce hogan gave tyler some really good stuff about how this thing has unified the incoming players and what have you and we've got a letter from a parent of an iowa player that's in the uh, that is part of the content that we'll be releasing today so yeah we we will be we will definitely be launching Hawk Fanatic at some point today. I'm just not sure when. It could happen while I'm on the air, and then we'll tweet it later, But and then we'll have the Ronnie Harmon podcast up there later on today once that gets put, converted to a podcast. I checked a couple times this morning at hawkfanatic.com. And not, not yet. Not yet. So I, I just finished my column about 15 minutes before I came in here, and I've let the powers to be know that it's there, and Tyler's kind of working with them right now while I'm on the air, kind of going over the last details and what have you, so... So, yeah, it's finally here, and, man, it's been weird. I mean, it's been weird these last couple of days doing all this writing after not really doing much for six weeks. Well, you should have lots of creative energy. Well, and like I said, this this Ronnie Harmon thing, I, I just hope it can help both sides, I mean, to heal a little bit. It's just unfortunate that one of the greatest players ever doesn't really have much of a relationship with his alma mater. Yeah, it is very unfortunate. And maybe this will maybe this will help a little bit. I've never I interviewed Ronnie one time on the phone when he was playing for the Buffalo Bills back when I was working at the Press Citizen. But that was a very control. You know, the Bills mm-hmm. helped set it up and what have you. And I didn't ask him about the Rose Bowl or anything and, and whatever. So this will be the first chance I've really we've had a chance. I can't remember the last time. I'm sure when he took that Western Illinois coaching job, I'm sure media interviewed him then and whatever. I do remember him being. But for the most part, he's pretty much been under the radar. Yeah. He doesn't do a lot of interviews, and he's not a real talkative person so this could be it'll be interesting and i'm really looking forward to it me too so we'll see me too the question is what do we do for 55 minutes Uh, we meander we we struggle we fight take telephone calls if people are so inclined but mostly we struggle yeah oh yeah captain would you agree this is one struggle after another here has been for this whole day and then 26 years, but okay, the, the day too. And then Hunter's back on Monday, right? Yeah. And without a hernia, he can carry even a heavier load now. So I say dump even more on him. He's been gone for two weeks, yeah. you know? Yeah. And what will Walker say when he comes back? Where have you been? No. <laughs> <laughs> have you been gone? Uh. <laughs> Does that say more about Hunter or Walker? I don't know. <laughs> I right. don't know. All right. Um, Let's see. You saw um, Akram Wadley's mom put out that 43-minute. I watched the first minute of it, and I said, you know, I, I'm not even going here. Well, I'm not going to criticize. She's got more than her. If she's got grievances, I couldn't you handle it. You bet. I went through 10 minutes of it, and I, I 43 minutes was just a little too much. But I hope – I mean, she's upset. She's pissed. She's pissed. I don't agree that Iowa football kept Akram from making it in the NFL, nor do I agree that Iowa football kept Darrell from making it in the NFL. No. Those guys, I mean, the NFL has – think of the people that have played in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. We've put 
so many people in the NFL. Well, no, but think about the people, the track, the what I'm saying, the people of low character that have played in the NFL. The NFL, well, if you yeah. can play, you play, you play, and see, that's the thing I have with that. Neither one of those guys even went to Canada and made it there. And I, I don't want to criticize. They have a right to say, and if they, and it's unfortunate that the mother of Akram Wadley is this unhappy about her son's experience at Iowa. That can't be ignored. That can't be dismissed. She's pissed. Yes, she is. And I'm just, but uh, to me, at some point, you worry if you. You continue beating that same message. You worry about turning the people that you're mad into as sympathetic figures. I don't think that's obviously not happening, but you, there's at some point you reach. You know what I mean? Yes. You, you cross yeah. the line, and I just, I don't know. I just, like I said, I couldn't watch the whole four. It was just too long. But I did watch, and there was a lot of emotion. She is, like I said, she's very upset, and that's a concern. Yeah. Well, you know, she's she has her forum, and. Uh... She put it out, and she took what kind advantage of, of it. What kind of feedback is it getting? I, what I've seen... Um, are they divided? Not, no. Most are, behind, most are behind and say, yeah, we're right with you? No, the other way. Oh, really? Yes. See, that's what I'm saying. So the other way, you're saying that most of the people responding are, are upset that she... And see, that's taken away from what she's... Uh, yes. That's what I'm saying is... Mm-hmm. Do we have a call? Yeah. Yes. Hello. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, Amir Smithner said he's from same area as Akram, right? Yes. Yep. Actually, did they go to the same high school? I, I think they did. I think they did. He, yeah. Um, has he said anything? Um, not re- that that I'm aware of. Not I that mean, I have seen. Not that I'm aware of. None of the current because players have. None of the current players have said anything about being mistreated. They've talked about. We're going to come together, and we want to kneel during the national anthem. And I do think the team's going to kneel during the national anthem. They do too. Yeah, but no, I he, I don't believe he said anything of note. Because I I just recall just a number of times, uh, probably Kirk and and maybe Brian saying stuff about getting him under control, and you know, uh, stuff about sunglasses. And I'm just, I'm just curious if he's. Uh, He's feeling some, somewhat the same way. Well, that storyline... Uh, he's, very, he's very urban, and yeah. um, I'm not criticizing that at all. No. Just, uh, uh, just the way he is, and uh, obviously that's been a, a, a little bit of a cultural rub at times with the program. In yeah. that, and I hope, uh, I, ho- I, hope he's, uh, I hope he's getting to express himself in any way he feels... Uh, that he needs to, and that's compatible with what teams trying to accomplish. I think I, I was just curious. Yeah, I, th- I think he'll have an opportunity to more. I mean, the, the circumstances have changed. Kirk did say during this past season that Amir has grown up a lot and he's moved past. I remember Kirk made a joke about, "I wish he would spend less time buried in his cell phone." I mean, I think it wasn't with Amir. It was more responsibility, accountability, maturity. I, I, I don't. Kirk never made you know. Never made any ridicule remark. Never, never said anything that you would say was ridiculing or dismissive or, or anything close to racist or anything. Just from what it was that Amir had a little growing up to do, and Amir sort of acknowledged that to us. And this past season, we saw the fruits of that. That he did. He said a lot of it was him maturing and having a much better approach. So, but yeah, these players are going to have. I mean, we've Kayvon Merriweather's been on Twitter saying, "I don't care if only a thousand fans show up to Twitter Kinnick Stadium. If you're the one supporting us kneeling during the national anthem, that's what we want." I never thought I'd see an Iowa football player tweet that did you Tom no and uh, there's there's been some pushback too oh I know there has been 
Yeah, I'm sure there has been. been. It's been a, pushed it's back. There's been pushback, but there's been a tremendous amount of support. There has been. You bet. You bet. You know there has been, and I my prediction is the team will kneel as a team during the national anthem this coming season. I have nothing to base that on other than a hunch. My hunch is they'll Man. kneel before the national anthem and then stand. No, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna kneel during the whole thing. Okay. I that's just my guess. I just say because I don't think doing it before is gonna satisfy what these guys want. Do you? We'll find out, but uh, no, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm just guessing. Like but I, I said, think that's what they'll try to broker. Maybe, yeah, they they won't. But no, there's been a lot of pushback. You're yeah. right, Tom. It's a very divisive, polarizing topic. Hey, um, I couldn't hear much of yesterday's program with those drives, but did you discuss, you know, the number of players uh, kind of via coaching regimes that what? were speaking out? Did What's you that? that? We're not we're not hearing you very well. Can't hear you. What'd you say? I'm I'm sorry. Were you talking about yesterday about uh, the number of complaints of when some of those other coaches were here, Bobby Kennedy and Coach Davis and some of those coaches versus some of the current coaches? Is it a current problem or or, or historical? I saw somebody had released a number of complaints. Um, during specific years, and uh, well, no, it was Greg Davis was here. Morehouse and, Doc- Morehouse and Document on there. They looked it up. Uh-huh. There was a more players left during the 14, 15, 16, 17. Yes. Thing. But since all this stuff has come out, nobody, I don't recall a player coming out and saying anything negative about Bobby Kennedy, Chris White, or any of those guys, Jim Reed, any of the coaches during that time. About I don't think there's been any. Re- remarks directed okay. at them the remarks that have been direct, they've been at chris doyle mostly of course then brian ference and then of course you had that one um situation with seth wallace too but mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's what it was talking about there the number of players who spoke out played during most of them played during those three four-year period but like i said none of those assistant coaches during that time that have now left the program none of them have been singled out for how they treated players have you seen anything no, i haven't so what that means i don't know it's kind of a sad time for the program, but it, it can also be a really uh, rewarding well, time yeah. for the program. Just got done writing that. You know, yep. Like, yep. Yep. I, uh, and, any, and last question, any timetable on Doyle? Um, I, not, nothing would surprise me. wouldn't surprise me if it had yeah. something was announced today. It wouldn't surprise me if this dragged on for another couple of weeks. Would it surprise you if he stayed? Yes. I don't see how he can. And I wrote that in my column. How can they recruit? Oh, I agree with you, but... I mean, how, it, recruiting would be a disaster. You imagine the resentment and the disgust and that they would be facing on the, with him if he's still there. I mean, I, I hate saying that. I, I've never had any issues with Chris. He's mm-hmm. always treated me kind and with respect, but I'm just looking at it practically. How can they? How could they recruit with him as their strength Yeah, I agree with you. So yep. we'll see. All right, thanks, guys. Yep, thank you. And you agree, Captain? I mean, I, I, mean, I there, hate saying that I think the, someone should there, lose their No, he's done. He's got I, He's done. The kid signaled it. Uh, and, and, and they know it and it's just, how are they going to, uh, break? Are they going to break, you know, by offering him something to go away? Uh, you know, getting him out of the contract or are we going to end up in litigation? Uh, but he's done. And that'll be a lot of that will depend on him. Yes. How he wants to exit. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And I hope it's as peaceful and as civil and as low-key as possible i'm i'm just not sure how to gauge it well you would have thought it that way until he 
tweeted five minutes before Ferentz. Yeah, spoke. that was... And, and that was just... To me, it was a power play. To yeah. me, it just showed... I And I wrote in my column that I just finished that I think Kirk let Chris get a little bit too powerful. A little bit... Let it... Gave him his domain, and he ruled his domain, and what he said goes. Nobody challenged it. And I think the Rabdo situation, how that was handled. I supported Chris Doyle. I didn't think he should lose his job or anything. But I thought Kirk should have been a little bit more open, understanding, a little more, uh, I don't want to say apologetic, but just responsive to the needs of the players who were hurting in that. I thought that giving that award to Chris Doyle that spring was a slap in the face to those players. And to me, it just said, hey, don't ever question my strength coach. That's how I remember it was being perceived. I mean, a lot of people weren't, they didn't think that was a good move by Kirk. Um, at that time. And I kind of agree with that, too. That's what I thought. It was Kirk yeah. saying, hey, don't ever question my strength coach. And I think well, Chris, until now. Well, well <laughs> that, what I'm saying, though, is you do. Chris Doyle says to himself, I, I can survive. I just think that empowered him even more to say, I'm beyond reproach. I mean, no, no one's going to question what I do. This is my world, and you enter my world, and you go by my terms. Well, society's woes has seeped into his world, and now they're paying the price. So do we find it remotely interesting that the – None of the black coaches have come out and said anything. Well, actually, none of the white coaches either. All we've heard was Kirk. Well, that's by design. That's by design. Well, and they didn't want Doyle to talk. I mean, like I said, I've had conversations with Steve Rowe, and Steve basically said that right now, that while this thing's being investigated by an Mm -hmm. independent review, no one other than Kirk, it sounds like, or Gary, when he wants to, is going to comment. I haven't seen. Now, assistant coaches have made a couple tweets. I've seen a couple of tweets saying we're in this. I, mean, I've seen I haven't some, seen them. I've seen a couple of tweets, um, but nobody's come out and made any uh-huh. big statements or anything. No, right. So, but I'm pretty sure right now that they're telling everyone, "Hey, um, let's keep, let's let's stay silent for now. Let's let this thing work its way through investigation-wise, and Kirk will speak on our behalf." When some will say that's part of the problem. Do you know? Yeah, that's right. Some will say that. Do you know if uh, the independent review is underway yet? I don't know for sure. My guess is it would be by now. I mean, you got to move fast in this thing. I, now, I'll look into that more. I can make some phone calls. My guess is yes, I would think so, because time is of the essence here. There's not a – I mean, Absolutely. we're almost into mid-June. See, I would go the opposite. but You don't think it has started? No, I think – no, this university plods its way. The wheels of justice. Yeah, but I, this is, this I would, I would, you know, like to think that, Pat. But I, but none of us know. I mean, yeah, we don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would be surprised if at least the ball's not moving a little bit somehow. I mean, because this has been a week now. I mean, what, what did they do to me? You've had a week. A week's a lot of time you can do so, especially yeah. since you're going to be doing everything probably in Zoom anyway. I mean, I, right. You know, there's going to be so much Zoom. Um, I don't. Do you think there's going to be some committee that's going to be on campus? You know, I'm, how's that going to happen? I, I wouldn't. Think how does so. the pandemic impact that? Now that may cause things to take a little longer. I don't it, know. It might. It might. On Hello? the other hand, Zoom is a mouse click. I think they need to know what's going on with Chris Doyle by July first, don't you? Or oh, yeah. faster. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Hey guys, looking forward to the interview with Ronnie uh, later today. Uh, Pat, just your opinion. Do you think Brian Ferentz would be on the sideline this fall? On the, you mean as, you mean as uh, as their offensive coordinator, or, or are you talking yeah, literally? Yeah. Um, as of now, yes, I still think Brian. He's not suspended or anything. I think he will be. If more comes out now, Iowa has not reacted to what Sharonda Wadley's mother said, and that was directed at a lot of that was directed at Bri- right. Brian exactly. Ferentz, and um, and so we'll have to see. I I mean now if. 
all of a sudden Brian Ferentz gets suspended because of this? Do you suspend him based on the allegations of one person? I mean, I don't know. I mean, did she say that he was racist or just? Oh, it was. I mean, rude? did you listen to it, caller? I didn't listen to the whole thing. You know, it seemed like to me her her issue was more bullying and more demeaning than yes. it was anything quote-unquote racist that he did. Uh, yes, and that's been kind of the tone with Brian. A lot of it, it hasn't necessarily been racist. It's just been mean and kind of arrogant and demeaning. Yeah, just kind of ridicule and poking fun. And right. But she also said that she feels that Iowa kind of blackballed Akram and made it impossible for him to make the NFL. You heard that part. I mean, that's been part of her narrative, too, and Darrell suggested that, too. I don't, like I said, I don't agree with that, but that's just my opinion. But it's just not good to have one of the greatest players – Akron Wadley was a great player, and his I mom. I mean, he did hook on with was it the Titans he made for it a little a, bit. Yes, he made it through a cut or two, and he just didn't just wasn't good enough but to make it. But he didn't stick. So why is you know? Well, Carla, you, you listened to her. You heard what she said. Yeah, no, I agree. I, you know, I I had a little bit of problem with with. I mean, she she just went on and on, and uh, she would try to come up with some specific examples, but. Uh, after a while, she just wasn't able to anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, other than she was very mad and disappointed. She's mad. And what I what I heard was that a lot of things were based on the fact that that Akram didn't want to. Um, he he wanted to cut weight, and uh, and the coaching staff said to make it to the NFL, you need to keep gaining weight. Oh yeah, that was an ongoing story. On while we, that was right. an ongoing story while we were here. And, you know, Akram, yeah, we talked to him about that, too. And, you know, he struggled academically early on here, but he stayed with it and what have you. And, I mean, I'm sure Iowa did administer some tough love. That It just seems like the line between demanding and and demeaning was just crossed over too many times. Yes. Especially in the weight room. Yeah. Well, hey, guys, thanks so much. Really enjoyed it. Okay, thank you. Appreciate it. wait to hear from Ronnie. All right, thanks so much. And it is, you know – Coaches have to be demanding, mm-hmm. and they have to have that uh, club in their arsenal. You know, they have to. Football's pain, sacrifice, commitment. I get it. You get yelled at, but I don't think you need to have bullying and no, and a lack of respect in football. But I mean, a lot not of, at all. But a lot of coaches do. Yeah, they do. That's oh, how, for sure. That's their mo. A lot of them operate. A lot of them think they're building you up by tearing you down, and that, for some, it works. I mean, look at Nick Saban. Yeah. I mean, one of the most unpleasant human beings in the history of mankind, and he's <laughs> maybe the greatest college coach of all time. I mean, think about that. I mean, look at Bill Belichick. Now, I've heard Belichick away from his persona, public persona, is a great guy. But, I mean, you see media-wise and what have you, and now he's not a big – I mean, Saban yells and screams and rants, but it works. His, his style has worked at Alabama. I mean, granted, it helps being at Alabama, but Alabama was average before Nick Saban got there. Uh, yeah, I mean, they've sort of been, they've had, you know, Bear Bryant, of course, was... Gene Stallings won a national title, uh-huh. but Mike DeBose and Mike Shula, Shula. And, yeah. and they weren't, they did nothing special nope. there. Well, so, yeah. sure didn't. It's how you handle it. It's like, uh, you look at uh, Fran, he's screaming and yelling and uh, you could take it one way, but for some reason his players take it well. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've never know. seen... They never have. Some of them have told me after they're done playing that they've. I've said before that they, at times, would have trouble not giggling in the huddle when he was going nuts. And I love it. I I laugh. I I just. It's one of my most enjoyable times covering Iowa basketball because you know it's going to be short, 
it's going to be sensational, and then it's going to be forgotten. That's how it is. Yeah. That's just how he operates. Well, I sure hope they have a chance to play a season this year. I really do. Hello. Yes, do. I do. Me too. Morning, guys. Morning. Morning. You know, some of that, having played, you know, high school and college ball some, you know, I, I can remember one time we were out running ladders, and, you know, I, I was a big, white, fat lineman, and my coach is, you know, standing there yelling at me, and I looked at him, and I said, Coach, I said, I'm a lineman. If I got to run farther than 10 yards, we're in trouble anyway. <laughs> he, just, he just told me to shut up and keep running. So, <laughs> so you know, some of that, I, I think, unfortunately, sometimes some people respond to that motivational yes, pressure. Different, yeah. And, and some don't. And I, and I think, you know, we, we I have seen a shift. I know, I know when I was in high school, you got told, the facts and that was the way it is and now i know our high school coach you know he says well you kind of gotta sugarcoat some things because if if you get on a player too hard mom and dad's calling you that night yeah and i never went home you know i went home and said something oh God, you know hard practice and dad's like well suck it up or leave um so you know that's that's kind of a, a difference there i think with with some some players this day and age uh, and not saying, you know, nothing should never cross the line, you know, to the racial end of it. But I do wish, you know, we're talking about kneeling. You know, I really, I really wish these guys would, when they come out of the, come out of the tunnel before the game in the swarm, come out to about the 35 yard line and take a knee. And when we're at home at Kinnick, the band doesn't play. The public address announcer shuts up, and for 30 seconds or a minute, we're focused on those players taking a knee, showing their their cause, then have them stand up, do the national anthem, and go and play the game. Well, that would and be. I think that would be what I know. That that's an uh, an interesting idea. I think that would appease some people, and it'll be interesting to see. I do you think that'll be enough, Tom, for the. Um, no, I don't. Because they're think, going to kneel during the national anthem. I think I that's what. But I like your. In some ways, I see. I, I like your no, idea. I, 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 and I see it. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. But. I, I just think. I just think if if because I've got fam. We've got family friends that have said, you know, and I know some of them write large checks to the university every year, and they said the second they take a knee out, we're done. Well, you then, know, they're veterans, they're, they're, yeah. their fathers were vet. you know. That is their choice. That is, yep, and that's, you yeah. know, that's their choice, and that's what they have. If that's how they feel, there's they're, nothing they're Iowa can do because I do think these players are – and I think it's going to be a situation this year. I'm guessing the stadium's not even going to be half full. And I mean, do you think maybe there's a possibility that the black athletes are sick of having to appease white people? I do. Well, and that – yeah, and that, you know. But – the veterans have fought for the cons. You know that's just a symbol that that flag. It's it's a piece of cloth. They fought for our way of life, for the Constitution, and the Constitution guarantees them. The Constitution doesn't say you have to protest like this. You can't offend anybody or anything. It says you have the right to protest. You have the right to show your uh, your grief. Uh, at uh, you know, your grievances, rather, and those fans have a right to not buy tickets. Yeah, yeah absolutely, they absolutely have the right. Yep, so to we'll do see. 
like I said, we've got we've got a family friend. She says my husband earned the money that I give to the university. She says he, you know, he was he was a longtime military, and uh, she says she, he was buried with a flag on his casket. And I'm not gonna, you know. She says I don't, and, and she's, you know, absolutely. Her her daughter's married to a to a, a black gentleman. She says it's not a matter of. I don't have a matter with them protesting, but there's a time and a place. And but that, like I said, it. But there isn't. There isn't a time no, and place there sure in isn't. the Constitution. No, there's no time and place. This so, is precisely the and, time. And you know, people are just well, going to have to. Go ahead. Yeah, so, hopefully, hopefully this doesn't blow up. You know, hopefully we we hopefully everybody can come together and do this right. Um. You know, and that's that's my biggest concern. You know, well, it's I, already I blown up. I mean, the the stories. Yeah. Are, I mean, it's already blown up. So that's it's that's. Yeah. Well, and you know, I, I've I've known Chris Doyle for years. I've I've worked out with him. I've I've talked to him. If you know, if he said if if what you know, I've never seen it. But if that's what he said, then yeah, he needs to be gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is this is the moment for Iowa football, for Iowa athletics, for the university to take the lead on this. And to do it right, hopefully we okay. do. Yep. Not, but I'm just saying, unfortunately, there are two very different sides. And I, where it comes down at the end of the day, I, I don't know. But you mean there's two different uh, sides to the flag, the national anthem, or the yeah, Doyle to situation? the flag thing. Oh yeah, oh, for thing. sure. Or the yeah. national anthem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. yeah I, you know, and that's that's I've I've got people. You know, I've, and this lady told me I talked to her the other night. She says, I don't. She says, I'll kneel with them. But if it's at the national anthem, she says that's the one time. Well, I mean, then goodbye. Never, then that's yeah. just the choice Thanks, she's uh, going to have to make. Yeah, but no, you. we appreciate your input, and oh, it's, just, it's a very I, divisive topic. And if that's her choice, that's her choice. This is she yeah. gets to make that choice. Yep. But no, thanks. We appreciate the input. No, he's a good caller. He calls in a lot, but I. You know, but as far as the time and a place thing, it's yeah. a couple hundred years too late. Yeah, it really is. Well, this is another situation where. White people are telling black people what's right exactly. and wrong, and that's what the black people are sick of. Yes. I'm sick of it. Yeah. You know, I mean, we have another call. Yeah. Hello? Tim Tebow took a knee. Yeah. 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 Tebow. Yes, Tebow. Should we take a break? Do you know something, though? Tim Tebow took a knee and uh, did a prayer and everything, and for some reason people held it against him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think did. his image was so perfect. I think some people just, <laughs> just were sick of him. Yeah, I think that was part of it. Okay, we'll be back. We'll be back. KCJJ's severe weather coverage is brought to you by Hardin Services of Kelowna, the premier property restoration company. Call six five six Fire. When severe weather happens, we talk up a storm. One eight hundred eight hundred rows. One eight hundred eight hundred rows. Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country. One eight hundred eight hundred rows. It's so easy. Just remember one number. One eight hundred eight hundred rows. Your FTD florist. One eight hundred. 800 rows. Remember. Need to deliver anything locally? Then you need Hawkeye Courier Express. They will deliver anything as long as it's legal. Hawkeye Courier Express offers within-the-hour delivery if needed, and they're fully licensed and insured. 
Call Hawkeye Courier Express at 358-6302. That's 358-6302. For local delivery in Iowa City, Coralville, North Liberty, call Hawkeye Courier Express. Reliable, dependable, and fast. For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. Ask for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of us is always there. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. Hi, this is Bill Eichsring of the Oxyoke Inn. Our doors are open again. Although the way we serve you is different, we're still here and ready to welcome you. We've learned a lot about keeping you and our staff safe. What hasn't changed is our commitment of trust to you and your family. Our Oxyoke family is ready to take care of you in our four dining rooms with the same quality of food, attention to detail, and customer service you've come to trust for the past 80 years. Those values are now more important than ever. Now serving family style, breakfast Saturday and Sunday with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout and take the comforting taste of the Oxyok home with you to share at your family's table. Visit Oxyokin.com, Instagram, or our Facebook page for menu and weekly specials. From our Oxyok family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon, and we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyok Inn in the heart of Amana. The Hey everybody, it's Kevin here from Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your local TV expert, and I want to tell you about Dish TV. If technology, value, and customer satisfaction are important to you, then it's time to cut the cable cord once and for all. Upgrade your TV experience and start saving with Dish today. Drop by Big Dog Satellite and Solar on Blairs Ferry Road in front of Rockwell. Call 3950800 or visit us on the web at BigDogSatellite.com. We are Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your locally operated and trusted satellite TV experts. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement in Iowa City. Whether it's a crazy real estate market, record low interest rates, or the COVID-19 virus, we are living in unprecedented times. But know that my remarkable team at Hawkeye is literally working around the clock and in unique and adaptable ways to try to make every deal close smoothly and on time. We appreciate your understanding, patience, and flexibility as we power through this tough time. We're going to get through this together. GT Car, owner of Supel Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. 
Visit sales at souples.net or call 337-2246. If you're looking for a reliable, affordable lawn care service, you need Cowboy Lawn Care. Cowboy Lawn Care specializes in lawn mowing, weed eating, cleaning flower beds, trimming trees, spring cleanup, and much, much more. Cowboy Lawn Care guarantees their work and are fully insured. Call Johnny at Cowboy Lawn Care at 331-5520. That's 331-5520 for complete, affordable lawn care. Cowboy Lawn Care. From the Hurting and Stalker Studios in the heart of the Hawkeye Nation, this is the mighty 1630 KCJJ Iowa City. Hurting and Stalker Jewelers. Making memories, making here is your KCJJ forecast today. Mostly sunny. We'll get to right around 80 for a high this afternoon. The wind out of the west at about 10 to 20. Tonight clear down to 55 for a low. Tomorrow sunny again. High of 82 tomorrow with a few showers possible late tomorrow into tomorrow evening. Mostly just sprinkles. And then on Saturday, sunshine 72 by Sunday. Partly cloudy with a high right around 77. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 1630 KCJJ. Right now it's 67. Weather brought to you by the Westport Touchless Auto Washes at Walmart in Iowa City, Coralville's High V. Keep in mind, a week from tomorrow, we'll be giving away a $1,000 gift certificate for a new set of clubs uh, from Brown Deer Golf Club. Uh, be listening tomorrow again when I ask you to call in and mm -hmm. win two rounds of golf, and then you qualify. Yeah, I got to send some of those bad boys out, don't I? Yeah, yeah. We'll grab that list. What kind of clubs? What brand? It's up to them. Yeah. Oh. I mean, yeah. it's a thousand dollars certificate. So. Do I have a chance to win it? No. Uh, Why? No. Uh, Why? Uh, your, uh, we. Uh, I'm not decided to single you out. So, so we're. <laughs> so you're telling me that KCJJ employees and independent contractors and are not eligible? Contractors. Correct. Yes. So ineligible. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Mace can't win it. He's no. No. Sean Cable, he can't. No, win. zero. I that Ashley. You gonna answer that? Does Burbank Ashley could win it. You gonna answer that? Ashley, the uh, O'Connor. Oh yeah, well yeah, let, yeah. yeah duh. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, you guys have said it probably forty-seven times, but that thousand dollars towards clubs is that uh, towards clubs specifically, or can you use it towards like anything? I actually, that's a pretty good question. Yeah. I think the intent is towards clubs, um, okay. uh, but I don't have the certificate in hand exactly, so I, I can't. Sure. I honestly can't answer that question, but the intent is for clubs. Right. Now, yeah. You can get yourself a nice set out there for a thousand bucks. Oh, yeah. Or you can get an incredible set, uh, you know, with a thousand dollar certificate, give them, you know, a hundred or two, and you got a, a oh, lifetime yeah. set, you right. know. Yeah, are you guys still handing out rounds still uh, yes. the week we, at all? Or? Yeah, yes. we'll be hand. I'll do it again tomorrow morning. Perfect. Well, thanks, guys. Okay. Bye. Thank you. I'll do it every morning uh, to through next Thursday. And then yep. Friday, we'll be out at uh, Brown Deer. I was talking to Dirk the other day. I had to make up a little uh, banner ad for KCJJ for the new I site. I saw it. It looks good. I kept it very simple. Which I think, I, I think that works. I, I do, too. Yeah, it's part of the rotating carousel. On, so, yeah, no, I'm like I said, I'm really excited. I don't think we've launched yet. I haven't spoken. I have been watching, 
And uh, what I think what we're doing is we're doing yeah. we're going to do a what they call it a site kind of a soft launch where we'll get the stuff up, but we won't. I don't think we're going to start promoting and tweeting and mm-hmm. advertising until I get off the radio and I can go and then we'll. But no, we're going we will be up at some point today. And like I said, I'm really excited about that. Hawkfanatic.com and and I haven't seen any of the mock-ups or anything, so I'm really excited to see what it looks like. Yeah, I, I'm impressed with what it looks like. It's easy to navigate the. Um, Tyler put together this recruiting list. It's kind of similar to what Rivals does with their commitment list, which is pretty neat. And yeah, we can do, there's so much we can do with it. We can have multiple photos. We can embed huddle videos and tweets. It's just a lot of stuff that it's, it's just a, it's a, well, it's a brand new website. So that's mm-hmm. what, and you'll, and you'll, you'll see that as we, as we launch in. Um, so yeah, I've got a lot of stuff going on and what a weird time to launch during a pandemic and, <laughs> during this story that just continues to evolve. Well, it does. And it, 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 the pandemic good, is good not thing. looking good either. No, I actually saw that the yeah. Texas things are not going well in Texas at all. No, things are not going well. What were the other, they, basically all the States that opened up three weeks ago now are starting Texas, Texas Florida. is really getting hit. Yeah. Now they're starting to see it rise and they said it takes three, four weeks mm-hmm. to see it. And now we are seeing, and it. that makes me, less confident that college football will be starting on time tomorrow and, this this state oh it says letter rip and uh full capacity at restaurants and you can open theaters and concerts and whatever you want to do you won't see me well uh, like I, the other day i went to panera got food and left i did that mm-hmm. but i'm not you know, oh i'm i'm comfortable yeah. picking food yeah up i'm and, picking food yeah. up and i've seen where that's a low contact thing to do that the your chances of picking up a virus that way are pretty slim mm-hmm. i had a mask on and the food i you know the food was hot and yeah so but yeah no that was not a good report because when i see that stuff i'm like first thing i think is how is this going to impact what we're trying to do two three months from now so, i mean there's still a large group of people who's calling this thing a hoax you know hey, anybody gets a cough and dies it's covid they yeah. just automatically yeah. say and it's COVID. Not, and that's absolutely not true. Well, of course it's not. Uh, and there are people predicting that this uh, second wave is going to be bad, and we had that this morning. And I, that's possible. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, we really don't know what's going to happen in the fall, whether we're going to have nope. football or or how it's going to No, nope, we don't played. know yet. It's all speculation. I mean, the programs need to you know follow – so if the, the let's say they, do you got. think? I mean, they canceled the, the Iowa State Fair. Yeah. Do you think Kirk Ferentz will be helped if they don't have football, or if they do, and or is it just simply it depends on how they do on the field? I mean, can you imagine if with everything going on now, and Iowa goes five and seven, six and six? It would not be good. <laughs> Jesus. No. Um, I mean, know, I've got them going eight and four, probably maybe seven and five. Uh, I mean, I do too. It's a tough schedule. And I would say that, uh, no, I think it's good for the psyche of America for us to play, to play sports again. And then the Maybe Iowa, not be able to go. What's going to be interesting, play. the Iowa State game is here. But Iowa's not going to have its normal home field advantage mm-hmm. against Iowa State at Kinnick because I think the stadium's going to be at least half empty, don't uh, you? I do too, yeah. So that will be an interesting game to see how the Iowa State players, I mean, perform without having to overcome the the full kinetic well let me ask you if, if you're given the opportunity to go sit in the press box will you uh, um more than like i don't know at this stage i don't know i don't think i'm going to be given i i think i probably would because i would have some faith that iowa would make it safe i mean i'm sure we'd all have masks on uh-huh. and they'd have us all seated apart and what have you so i think i probably would 
but I wouldn't do the. There's no way they could do any post game type stuff. That would all have to be there, mm-hmm. unless they just did it on the field and spread us all out. The post game stuff, I don't know how they can do that without zooming. Mm-hmm. And what would we sit up in the press box and zoom afterwards? I have a feeling they're going to tell a lot of us just cover it from home. You'll get all your. We'll just do everything on the internet. I think that's what's going to happen. And I do think there'll be some pool reporters and stuff that'll be. I mean, obviously, like the register and the. the I would, you know, I'm not saying Hawk Fanatics should be there before the demo. I get it. I understand how that works. Yeah. And some will, you know, and I think like maybe uh, even some radio stations, television, some will have to be there that they're going to allow. But I don't think, I don't think the post game thing is going to be anywhere close to what it was before. And I think the press box will be. I think there'll be a lot of social distancing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got passes and stuff. I don't. I wouldn't uh, advise Tommy to ever. Oh, I, do well, I, hell, I, Tommy's high risk. I yeah. would maybe use your, I mean, I would maybe yeah. use your guys' pass and yeah. represent both things. I mean, yeah. and they would like that because that's two entities only taking one space. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know. I think it's going to be hard. Like Tyler and I have gone to these games together. I think a lot of outlets will be told you get one person. Mm-hmm. I mean, the register at times, God. And that makes sense. The register for some of these, like the Iowa State game, they're like the Chinese army. They'll have like seven people there. And I, that stuff, those days are gone. I, did, I think so. For now, for now. We may yeah. get back to normal someday. I think the we will. Chinese are. Well, I mean, they're just, I mean, they, the, I mean, the Iowa State game at, at Kinnick, the register usually has five, six, seven reporters. I mean, it's amazing when you think about how many jobs are being eliminated. They still always have multiple tons of reporters at that game because, you know, they're covering both teams, obviously. So if the, the first uh, rush of people coming back they, at the university, they had 200 and some people tested and only one wow. positive. That's a good And I think that's a pretty good sign. Yes. Um, now, that doesn't include an accurate reading from all these protesting that's going on here. No. We've got to see what the effects of that are going to be two and three bet. weeks from now. Gonna be good because there are a lot of young people yelling and screaming and no masks, no masks, and then they go home and then they go to you know then it has that domino effect. Because Johnson County has been up to this point, except very early on, has been pretty. I'm not going to say virus free because it hasn't, but it's been a lot closer to virus free than yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, half a dozen other counties in the state. And the main place in Iowa has been the meatpacking plants. Yes. We, we know that. I mean, it's obvious by when they give you the county updates on who has the most cases. I mean, what is it up like Storm Lake and Storm what? Lake is the worst. Yeah, and that's that their their economy is basically the, the meatpacking plant. Mm-hmm. And those people are on top of each other. And so, yeah, I think these this the racial unrest has overshadowed this virus and kind of made us think, Oh, but now I think we're going to be right. The virus is going to be like, Hey, I'm still here, you know? And I've seen, uh, you know, other, obviously other colleges and universities are reporting, you know, I've seen some of the ones that's down South are have, have more, uh, infections than some of the ones up North that I've seen. Uh, but there, I, I haven't seen anything where it's rampant. As far as football teams yeah, I haven't and athletic programs. The only place where it's getting close to that word would be Texas. From what I heard this morning, mm-hmm. things are getting pretty bad in Texas to where they're starting to worry about having enough intensive Hi- care units yeah, and stuff like that. having enough hospital Yeah, beds. and that's where the problem is. I mean, that's been the biggest concern, and people sometimes lose that fact with the social distance. And it wasn't just to tell everybody to stay home. Mm-mm. It was to make sure that we didn't get overwhelmed to where the healthcare workers didn't have the capacity to perform their jobs. That's that, what a that big was it. And they were able for the most part to do that. But that, you know, it's like, as long as we keep people going in and out of the hospital, you know, we're not looking at the death count. It's just, to me, it's, 
this is just bizarre. It's just like, I understand we have to have the economy. Really, I, I get it. Uh, but to just say tomorrow, what was the difference between last week and tomorrow that they can just, last week we were 50% capacity, and tomorrow, whew, we made it. Even though the cases are still going up in the state, and now we can open up everything. I, it, doesn't make any, it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, yeah, mm -hmm. it just and of course it's political. It's now oh, divisive, yeah. and yeah. and it's going to stay. I mean, the national anthem's divisive. The every, everything, 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 is, poli and everything is political. So our Trump came out today and said that the virus has been reduced to ashes. I mean, he's, yeah, yeah. Tell he's yeah. such an idiot. What an idiot. I mean, that's, the, that's what I he mean, said. Come on. And then his base just slops it up. I and mean, now he's going to. You watch. I'm I'm watching. He's going to go ballistic because the. That the the top general, the Joint Chiefs of Staff said I should never have participated with that, mm -hmm. with that uh, picture, and he he will later on today I predict rip him, rip the hell out of him. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And it's yeah, I don't know. It's just know. yeah, everything is political, and I don't know how you can, I don't know why medicine is you know or science is political, but it is. And his rallies are starting up again. Aren't they going to have one in yeah. Tulsa in a week? Going to have one in Tulsa. See what on, that does to the on uh, June. Because I guarantee there's not going to be a lot of people wearing masks at that. Because no. that'll be symbolic. And let's just hope. God, I just hope that it's stuff like that that causes me to worry about what's going to be happening in college football in three months. Because mm -hmm. that stuff's going to have a huge impact on what we do. It is. And you wonder, you know, with the demonstrations, you know, that has a huge impact. It all it all impacts the virus. And it's still too early to know if these demonstrations cause spikes or not. Cause spikes because it's still we need three, four weeks, I think, to know yeah. for sure. So yeah. just keep our fingers crossed. Athletes are starting to come back right now. And but no, this is how I ended my column. This is Kirk Ferentz's biggest challenge oh, by far. Question. And and I'm and I'm not sure if he's up to the challenge. And that's not a knock. But he's I mean, he'll be 65 in in on August 1st, and he's facing this huge challenge. I'm not sure if if he can do it. And I mean, I'm I'm not saying I think he should be fired. I don't think I don't no. think that at all. I, no. I'm just not sure if he's going to be able to repair this. I, I mean, is that, that well, we'll find out. And I think that doubt is fair, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. I, I but I will also say that if there's there's not many people around here that I would rather give the challenge to than Kirk. I mean, I think around he's, here in Iowa City, yes. or just. Well, yeah. I mean, that, I, mean God, I, I think. God, I, I would hope so. I mean, exactly. I mean, who? I but I wouldn't be looking for his replacement for somebody here in Iowa City. I oh no! I mean, did you mean Iowa City or? No, or, I mean yeah. I trust Kirk Ferentz of, above anybody else around here to take the challenge on and do it. No, I, I, I mean, I trust him. I'm still not convinced he can do it. I'm now. I, I don't trust Kirk as much as I did prior to all this. I'm a little dis I'm disappointed that all this stuff was going on under his watch. I so are a lot of people. I'm surprised and disappointed that uh -huh. this went on. Hello. How's it what's going to happen if a student athlete is under scholarship and they call him back but his parents are cautious about bringing him back? Cuz you well, have one or two. I have heard that there will be no repercussions yes. whatsoever if yes. the athletes choose to not not participate. Good. Yes. That's good. Yeah. And I feel sorry for uh, Brian and Kirk. <laughs> I mean, 
kind of a problem you have when you work under your father in a coaching situation. I mean, and I bet you Kirk treats him different. So, you know, and I don't, I don't think Brian would have got away with anything. Well, um, what do you mean? Time will tell. What do you mean? I don't. So you don't I, believe? I, I don't. You don't believe Kirk, the accusations against Brian? Yeah, I know they sound true, but I just I think Kirk would have snapped his finger at him, unlike any other coach. But what if he wasn't around when some of this stuff was being said? I just can't believe that all these players yeah. are lying. No, no. I just can't no, believe all these. And so, but that's kind of what you're suggesting now, you, that you think the players accusing Brian are lying. No, no, I, I'm not. But I'm just saying, behind closed doors, I bet if Kirk would have known about it, he would have treated him differently. He knows his Kirk own. Kirk. He knows his own kid, and he's got to know. We all know that Brian can be rude, uh, yeah. and maybe that's you know Brian came from the NFL here, and they do things differently in the NFL, and maybe that's how they uh, motivate people. At the NFL, I have no idea, but. Uh, it's not the way you. It's not the way you should do it in a collegiate well, setting. Brian has a very aggressive <laughs> nature. Thanks. He just does. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Kirk, uh, less so. Yes. And. But, but like I said, the problem with Doyle's statement is he wants us to believe him over, over forty players, and yeah. I just. That's they have sense. a real hard time with that. He wants you to believe him over forty players, and he's showing. He doesn't, uh, you know, he's going to make the statement anyway. He, he says, I was told not to say anything. So I'm, now I'm going to say something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is a problem. Yeah. I mean, right, right there is a problem. You know, a lot of these, a lot of this stuff is going to take, take some time. You know, whether they've geared up the special committee or not, uh, it's going to take some time yeah. before this full story comes out, and it may never completely come out. I mean, we we don't know. No, because the way I mean, I'm not like Pat. This this university plods when it changes or when it investigates. It it just drags. I just the, don't think it can afford to plod I, I, on I, this issue. I agree with you, I, but you're talking about academia. Well, I've heard that things are going moving pretty fast, and that I hope so. And I mean, there was talk that uh, there was going to be some announcements yesterday, and nothing ever happened. It wouldn't surprise. Like I said, I'm just hearing a lot of different stuff. So, well, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. It's fascinating, and as you said, it's going to be uh, define the Kirk Ferentz era. Hello. Hey. Um Pat, I wanted to ask you and explore a little more of an area that you were you touched on briefly Monday on the show when you talked about you maybe had saw, saw some signs that this was going on, and that, for instance, I think you mentioned something about uh, the lack of black players that went to Chicago media days. Yeah, and 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 I've you know I've seen a lot of these Iowa websites and stuff, and a lot of the you know, especially like Rob Howe reached out to these players. But I'm just wondering, I, as a non-journalist, had, there were some things that questioned that I had about what was might have been going on. And I'm not saying it was racist, but some favoritism issues. And, you know, another one would be team captains. Up until Torrin Young was a team captain last year. Mm-hmm. But um, the thing that kind of put me over the edge a little bit was the Noah Fant-Northwestern uh, game, where he hardly was involved in the game. And uh, some of the guys, you know, your uh, peers asked 
uh, Brian Ferentz about that, and he just kind of said, well, the situation didn't present himself or whatever. And everybody kind of bought that hook, line, and sinker. And I think and this is an, uh, an indictment of the people that cover Iowa because most of you have covered it for 10, 15 years. But just it, sometimes it seems like the journalistic line is blurred with being – um, a fan of Iowa, and maybe not an overt fan, but it just seems to me that some of these red flags that popped up that maybe should have been delved in further, and I know they control the narrative and it be next to impossible to talk to the current players, but some of the people that have left the program, um, you know, the discrepancies between the transfer rate of blacks and whites and the graduation rates of blacks and whites, I just think that maybe, and I don't know if you've talked to some of your guys, if you've reflected on maybe, gosh, maybe there was some stuff that if we had dug further that maybe we could have found this out. But um, I don't know. I just was wondering what your thoughts were on that. that well, as far as the thing. Noah Fant thing, I wrote, stuff, I wrote stuff critical of how they treated Noah Fant. I mean, I remember writing a column when Kirk called him a specialist. I didn't think that was good. I thought that was the wrong thing to do. I thought they were treating him unfairly. So... I don't think it's quite what you're saying. Um, but, yeah, there were subtle signs. Uh, there were signs that I remember talking to other reporters about the lack of black captains, about the lack of black players being sent to Chicago to represent. The one thing I did miss, I just did not pay attention close enough to it, was the graduation rates. Mm -hmm. I've been long aware that a lot of black players have left here. And I explained it on Monday. The reason I kind of explained it to myself or justified as most of them were from different parts of the country once they realized they weren't going to start here they left that's how and, and like a lot of the white players they get are from around here mm -hmm. they're, they're they're more ingrained into the community so if football's not working out for them they're still more comfortable whereas with a lot of the black players who come from ohio and new jersey and whatever if football's not working out and you're not getting along with your strength coach, it's easy to leave. It's easy to go home and go back to where you're familiar with. So that's kind of how I would explain that um, to myself. But but no, I remember I remember asking. I never I never wrote about it, and maybe I should have. But it's what people got to understand. The way we got this Tuesday press conference thing set up, I mean, all these interviews we get are monitored. If we started going off on some tangent with a player and this player started going off about, my guess is the interview would be brought to a close. I mean, they're, they're, they, they're mm -hmm. always monitoring and listening to what we're talking about. Now, that doesn't mean we can't ask that stuff. But in fairness, there was no player had come out publicly until James Daniels tweeted. Have you seen anything on message, anything about a black player saying other than Darrell? Over the years? Um, uh, no, not really. There really hadn't been anything. Uh -uh. I mean, Akram no, Wadley really. had made a couple remarks and what have you, and Darrell had his history, but this stuff all came out after George Floyd. It changed Maybe the circumstances. Noah Fant's brother? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, the Noah Fant thing. Now, it took one person to kick the door open. James Daniels did that, and then everything changed after that. The circumstances were different, but it's not like there were a lot of black players over the last five six years there were no rumors of this stuff happening i didn't hear it but i did see observations it did seem like there was always a lot of white players in positions of power and representation if that makes sense but on the leadership council hasn't there mostly typically been a, a few good... but there's been years though there were hardly any yeah i mean there were years where it was and, and we're also talking about a roster of people that's 70 percent Iowa's roster is usually between 60 and 70% white. It's not like Alabama and Georgia. Mm -hmm. so there's more white. So obviously, and that's what makes the transfer rates of the black players even more disturbing because 
there's less on the team and yet more are transferring. So, but, but yeah, it's, there were some subtle reminders. That's another column I think I'm going to maybe even write today that maybe I, maybe as a media person, I should have seen more. Maybe I should have done more, you know, maybe, uh, but it's not easy. You get resistance from Iowa. Trust me, you would. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember Kirk's not going to want to talk about that stuff at a Tuesday press conference. I remember asking him some stuff about race uh, years ago, about Lou Tepper having his black and white players share rooms together on the road, and Kirk did not want to – he was just not even comfortable talking about that, so the conversation just ended quickly. Mm-hmm. He didn't think that you should have that type of control, that, that the, you know, those things should kind of work themselves out. So, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see where this goes. I, I, I do think Kirk I, – I do think Kirk will be the Iowa head coach – Next season, yeah, I do. Too. I'm not sure he'll go beyond that, but um, I don't think he should be fired. I think he has earned the right to try to fix this, or at least try to get the ship steering back in the right direction. Yes, I, I do think too. he's earned that. Yep. So we'll yep. just have to see. And I, I mean, do you think Brian Ferentz will be the offensive coordinator when the season starts? I do. I do. So I do. Hello. Hello. This is uh, Ronnie Harmon. Hey. Good morning, Ronnie. How are you doing? Hey, All Ronnie. Right. How you doing? Good. This is, Pat, this is Pat Hardy in Iowa City, man, and I really appreciate you calling in. I mean, this is a, this is a privilege and an honor. And, Tom, what do you – I mean, what, tell them what you feel. Absolutely. I mean, whenever people talk about the very greatest players that have played for the University of Iowa over the years, you are one of the top uh, two or three guys that are mentioned, and uh, it really is an honor to be uh, – be talking to you today and and to get some of your observations and feelings and first thing i would like to ask you is coming uh, when you were being recruited to the university of iowa uh basically iowa was coming off of 20 years of futility almost and you couldn't have grown up saying you know i really would love to go play at the university of iowa (laughs) (laughs) and lose a lot of games so what what is it that attracted you to iowa well, first of all, I love the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. So oh. it was the uniforms that attracted me. And then once I spoke to the coaches, mainly Bernie Wyatt, uh, he told me, he just was straight, that, hey, you can come out here and, and be a better person and do better things if you want. He didn't guarantee me anything. He just told me the straight deal because he was from New York. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I just believed that. Now, Ronnie, did it help you that your senior year of high school that Iowa went to the Rose Bowl? I mean, you saw signs that this program was starting to show life, and they were, and some key players from the East Coast, Andre Tippett, and that were. Was that a big factor too? Did that kind of convince you? Hey, I can go out there and succeed. I think it was Hayden Fry. Okay. Basically, what was it he about Hayden Fry? Uh, whatever he said to you, he was going to do, and that meant that. He told my parents that if I came out there, that don't worry, we'll protect him. He'll be fine. So I never had a sense of being concerned about anything else but going to school and playing football. So when you came out here, I know you grew up in Staten Island, New York, right? No, I grew up in Queens. Oh, Queens. I'm sorry. I don't know why I said Staten Island. <laughs> I, well, I had five boroughs to choose from. Sorry, you, you grew up in Queens. So what? how big of a... Was it a huge culture shock when you came out of your Iowa City? I mean, was it hard to get adjusted to? Well, I never got adjusted to Iowa City. I okay. Mean, it's just something that you do. It's not – you guys got to understand that these kids choose to come out there, but they also didn't choose to 
come in conflict with all these things that are going on. Mm-hmm. They understood that they were going into a different environment, and that was fine. Okay. But that's what you have to do to move on to your life. You have to go into different environments and uh, succeed. So was it uncomfortable for you at times out here, being that it's, I mean, it's, Iowa City and Queens couldn't probably be any more different. Was it, was it, was it hard <laughs> to adjust to? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I never really adjusted. I just dealt with it okay. as it was. I didn't try to compare what New York or Iowa was. I was in Iowa City. I was there to do a certain thing. So that's what I did. I focused on that. I okay. didn't focus on why uh, the pizza is different in Iowa City than New York. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was that would have been crazy. So uh-huh. I was in an environment. It was what it was, and I had to do whatever I had to do to survive there. So were there times that you uh, regretted your decision? Yeah, when I got switched to receiver. Mm. But you still did that and stayed. I've always admired you for that. I mean, I've always told well, people. <laughs> My father, I called home. Uh, Bernie White knew I was going to leave. I was I was on my way out. Okay. And I called home to tell my father I wanted to leave, and he said, if you leave, do not come home. Wow. So I knew there was nowhere for me to go. So from that point on, I knew that football was a business. It wasn't about sure. having fun or enjoying. That's That's the first time I shut down. I was done from that point on. Interesting. So what does that say about your father, though? I think that's, I mean, so he's one of these guys, <laughs> hey, if you start something, stay with it. Is that kind of was his lesson? Yeah, I mean, what are you, why are you coming back? Just because they switch you? You don't like it? <laughs> that was, he was like, that doesn't even make sense to me. But, you know, if you decide to leave, I'm not going to tell you to leave or stay. You decide. Don't come home. Do you think ultimately, though, <laughs> that that switch, uh, helped propel you to the NFL and have a successful career? I got typecast. I could never become a running back again. Meaning, how do you, what do you mean exactly? Can you explain that? Meaning, typecast meaning that they want you to do a certain thing. They don't see you as anything other than what they see you as. Okay, I see. Since I didn't play uh, running back for my four years, mm-hmm. and I only played it for two and the way they used me was fine, but, you know, you never could get – I could never really get into being a true running back. I see what you mean. You know, carrying the ball. I mean, I carry the ball a lot, but not to the extent where they say, hey, he can be that every down back. They knew I could catch the ball, so then now they had a different idea. So, oh, no, we can gonna, use this guy totally differently. I was going to say, you made wide receiver look pretty easy. I mean, I remember the Peach Bowl as a true freshman. I mean <laughs> – I mean, were you? Did you always have? Have you always had the ability to catch the ball in high school? Did you make? Did you catch the ball a lot? Because you made it look really easy. Oh, I hated receiver. <laughs> <laughs> well, you hit it well. You didn't. Why? Why? Why, why did Every you not day, like wide receiver? I wasn't a receiver. I was a running back. Okay. I got recruited to play running back. If that was the case, I should have went to a different school and played. Uh, defensive back because I was also being recruited for that. Isn't didn't, so once I got there and I got switched, okay. I was like, "This is this is crazy." Didn't Penn State want you as a defensive back? Uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, Syracuse did. Okay. Uh, Michigan State was going to let me play running back. I mean, all the other schools. Now that I think about it. I don't know. They probably would have switched me too. I, I have no idea now. I'm telling you, I'm hardly a football. I'm hardly a football expert. But why would you want Ronnie Harmon 
not playing running back or not playing defensive back. That doesn't make any sense. But because I said you made it look so easy. I want to ask you, Ronnie, your running style, did that just come mm-hmm. naturally, your ability to make people miss, your ability to cut? I mean, Tom, you it's the Gale. Is that how you played football from the very beginning? I know you had an older brother. Did you try to emulate him? How did that your style come about, mm-hmm. your, your, the way you ran the ball? Uh, we don't know. It's just like writing. Okay. How do you write? It's just the way you are. That's just who you are. It's just an extension of your personality sometimes. Uh, yeah. There was no uh, mold that you looked at and said, hey, I wanted to do that. I mean, you looked at people that you like, but in, in the thick of the situation, you are who you are. Mm-hmm. That's who you are. And that's what's happening with the kids today. They are talking about things that happen to them who they are. Mm-hmm. And that's devastating because it's it's hard for people. I would say it's very hard for people to understand that because – Iowa was, is the school that all these fans think about, and that's all they know. But it's a closed door, meaning that you can't get close to the kids, so you'll never know really what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like uh, seeing a celebrity uh, out when you're eating, and do you go up to the person and, and say hello to them and find out that that person is a real jerk, or do you stay away and just admire the person from afar. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> no, yeah. no, that, no, that's a, I choose to admire people from afar because <laughs> I don't want to know if they're a jerk or not. That's just going to destroy your whole idea of everything. No, that's, that's, that is very interesting. So I, I want to ask you, um, when the coaching staff said, we are going to switch you to wide receiver, um, hmm. what was their reasoning? Was they just wanted to get you out into space more? Was that what they told you? Or how did that go down? How it went down was one day after practice, everybody was looking at me, you know, just smirking. All the other players were like, and I'm looking at them saying, what is going on? And then I get called into, like, the hallway of the facility with Coach Jackson, Coach Fry, and Coach Snyder. And after practice, they told me that day that we're switching you to receiver. I was like, "Uh, I don't want to play receiver. I'll redshirt before I play receiver. I don't even want to play this year. You, I can sit the bench. I have no problem with that. They said, Coach Fry said, no, that's not going to happen. You're going to play receiver, and you're going to start this tomorrow. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm 17. I'm out in Iowa. Where's there to go? Like these kids been telling everybody, there is nowhere to go. There's no one to talk to. What do you do? What do you do? Well, you stayed. That was a power move. You, what do you do? Interesting. Yeah, you if you're walking into the facility and and the coaches in there just going off on you, what? Where are you to go? No, no. Yeah, fair enough. So I want to, Ronnie. Are you surprised that? I mean, obviously you're aware of what's going on here at Iowa now, James. With since George Floyd's death, all multiple black players have spoken out about how they've been treated. Now, granted, this is a different coaching staff. You played for Hayden Fry and what have you, but are you surprised at what's coming out of Iowa right now? No. It happened to me when I was there. I'm and, not surprised. And how? In what form did it happen to you? Uh, I remember staying there during the summer because we had to work out, so mm-hmm. I couldn't go home, and I couldn't afford to go home, so I got a summer job. So what I did, I saved up my money to get a scooter, which all these guys ride now, but they didn't know that scooters weren't 
a part of the thing. Uh -huh. So I got a scooter, and they wanted to investigate me how I got the scooter. Who's they? When you say I, they, are you talking about the police or Iowa? Or what? No, Iowa, the university. Oh, okay, okay. The coaches. How did this happen? Okay. Wow. So yeah. I wasn't, being a black player, I wasn't able or they were saying that you cannot afford this. So what happened? And what'd you tell them? I didn't tell. I didn't talk to people. I didn't care what they thought. They okay. could say whatever. Well, I would sit in the office, just look at them, and be like, "Okay," and and get up and leave. I shut down. I I decided I was not going to talk anymore. That was it. Interesting. So did you and Hay did you shut down from Hayden Fry too, or how was your relationship through Hayden? How did oh, that? Yeah. I didn't talk to any of the coaches, ever. How how hard was you mean that for four years? I mean, how hard <laughs> was that? Years, how hard was that just to function on a daily basis with that kind of disconnect? Do you see what the kids are going through? No. Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. Did you ever think about That's speak? What, did you ever think about speaking out back then? Or I mean, obviously, now, if I would have spoke out, would you guys have believed me, or would you have said out? That's a fair. No, you're, no, you're right. That's a very fair question, and I. All these people that say it's easy to speak out, it's it can't be easy to speak out. I mean, you, you know, Ronnie. No, because. Go ahead. God, you got to understand that they're, they're controlling the story. Mm -hmm. With this Twitter thing, they don't control the story. Yes. It's all these guys are talking. It you can't control what they say. I didn't even know that Coach Fern said that you couldn't even tweet. I just read that. And I was like, wait a minute. He shut down. Oh, like ten years ago. Their, he did? Yeah, yeah. yeah he took yes. a, he t Yeah, they haven't been able to tweet until now. And then originally they were going to let oh. them do. Originally they were going to let them do one pre-approved tweet per month. But then the players said no. Now they have their open game. I mean, Kayvon Merriweather, a defensive back from Detroit, tweeted that he he doesn't care if there's only a thousand fans in Kinnick Stadium when this season starts. We're going to be kneeling during the national anthem. If you don't like it, we don't want you around. That's, that's on Twitter. Now the, the, the environment is totally changed. Now players have a right to express themselves. So the question is, why wasn't it? Why didn't they have the right before? I mean, when you recruit the kids, you, I'm sure they didn't tell the kid that, Hey, when we recruit you, you won't have any rights. Well, they do tell them that they take them off Twitter. What Kirk's Kirk thought that Twitter was something where the players would end up tweeting stuff that they would regret, and he, he just felt it was something that would lead to bad things happening, possibly the temptations. And lead to this. Well, good. Who knows? You're right, Ronnie. Hindsight now, maybe that that maybe that was part of the problem because it's 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 putting a muzzle on them. It's limiting their freedom of expression, and that's what you're saying. The players don't have when they come out to a place like like this. You're saying they don't have the they don't have the right to express themselves. No, they didn't. You just said they shut them down yeah. ten years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you? Well, and, and, and what we, happened? I mean, and uh, okay, like the Iowa basketball team has been allowed to stay on social media the whole time, and there have been some dust ups on Twitter with, between some of the players and some of the fans. But they still figured out a way to make it work. Yes. But no, now the Absolutely. players the players are on Twitter now all the time. It's pretty interesting some of the stuff that's being said. And Ronnie, I do think that the team's going to kneel during the national anthem. I'm just, do you have some pretty strong feelings on the national anthem? What's your thoughts? Uh, I think that people need to express the reality of their situation. Okay. And just because you, other people cannot see it does not mean that it's not happening. Mm -hmm. These kids were going through a whole lot, but you did not know it. And they had to go to school. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're saying that they had to go to, over to the facility and know that when they walked in there, that this is what's going to happen. And then turn around and go to school and deal with the emotional stress that they already got coming out of the facility. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know how difficult that is? We don't. You do. For a 17-year-old kid? Yeah, no, we don't. No, I don't. I could barely tie my shoelaces, Ronnie. So. And Ronnie, 17. I did look up. You were young I mean, You were young for your grade. You were only seven. You were, I mean, I was in the same grade as you, but I'm almost a year older than you. You were, you were only 17 when you came out here. I mean, that's young. Yes. So what do you do when you got four grown men around you telling you that this is what's going to happen, and if you don't like it, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But it's going to happen. That's a power thing. Mm-hmm. And yet, despite all so this... these coaches got power over the kids, and they cannot do anything about it. Until now. They can't even voice their opinion. Now things are changing. I, I, I think that the door is open. I think now things are never going to go back to, way they, to where they were. I mean, the well, Iowa... we hope not. Yeah, and the Iowa strength coach is on paid administrative leave right now. How <laughs> much... Ronnie, when you... How much the strength program is a huge part? You guys are around the strength coach more than the head coach, aren't you, when you're in college? I mean, that's the person you guys are around yeah. more than anything. Yes. Strength coach and trainers. And that's where it seems yeah. like a lot of these problems have occurred at Iowa, at least according to these players. Have you been keeping pretty close watch over this? Have you been following the story pretty closely? Well, I, I just started. My wife showed me mm-hmm. when it started, it all started. And uh, it is sort of like a – I just don't understand this. I really don't. I have never – you know, Bill Dervish was great. I see that is where I understand what these kids are going through because like you said, like 90% of your time is in the weight room Mm -hmm. and that person that's in control of the weight room has control over everything in the weight room. Mm -hmm. So he's forming opinions about kids and having an audience. And that would be the white audience and saying these things to these kids, Mm -hmm. black kids and thinking it's funny thinking it's a joke. These kids aren't joking about racism. That's not a joke. Sure. We grow up knowing that it's happening every single day. I am taught how to survive a police stop. As a young kid, I was taught what to do and what not to do because these things can happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if white kids have that understanding that they don't have to worry about being stopped and pulled out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what no. are you to do? Yeah, that's white privilege. That's white privilege, yeah. and that's why I don't like it when white people tell black people how they should respond to racism. We don't have the same experiences as you do. We don't have any right to tell. A, I, would, I don't have any right to tell a black person how to respond to four hundred years of oppression, and that. And I think the national anthem, because it's pretty mm-hmm. polarizing out here, Ronnie. There's a lot of there's some Iowa fans who said if those players kneel, we're done. And like Tom said, so, goodbye. Goodbye. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about it too. Well. I mean, they have the right to make their choice, just like the kids should have the right to make their choice. And that's what this whole thing was supposed to be about. This whole American experience was supposed to be about freedom of speech and making the choice of what's right for you, Mm -hmm. not what's right for someone else. So did it help? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go. Well, I I wanted to ask, did it help having your brother out here? And were you reluctant to have Kevin? Did you say, hey, uh, how did you impact his recruiting? I did not recruit him at all. I told him not to come. Interesting. And he still came. And he still came. <laughs> Why? Why do you think he did? Because his older brother told him not to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
okay. <laughs> I, I, I can, you know, Ronnie, I wanted to, I mean, I, I wrote a, I, your wife, I had a, a nice conversation. It was kind of ironic. She went to, I didn't realize she went to West Des Moines Valley and I'm a West Des Moines Dowling graduate. So that we kind of shared a laugh on that. And I'll tell you what, you guys got an adorable little daughter. She sent me a picture and you're living in Washington, oh, D.C. You're living in Washington, D.C. right now. I just want I wrote a column a while back, and I just think it's unfortunate that you don't have a better relationship with Iowa fans. And I, I mean, I mostly blame the <laughs> Iowa fans. Does that matter to you at all? Does that, uh, do you wish you had a closer relationship with your alma mater? Uh, I wish I had a closer relationship with it, yes. I think all the alumni wish they did. The doors are closed to that, meaning that you can't walk into the facility. You can't talk to the guys and help them through these issues that they're going through, which was, I would say, not such a good thing when I was in the league because all I heard about was all these guys going back to their school and having an open-door policy. Mm-hmm. And none, I, I don't know any of the guys that I knew could go back to Iowa and have that kind of open-door policy. We couldn't mentor the younger guys, and that's what I feel so bad about is that there was no one there to save them from this because we were all shut. We were all separated. Mm-hmm. The alumni were not allowed to go by there. There was no open door policy. And why that you- is devastating because these kids could could have been helped through the situation. And maybe some of this stuff wouldn't have went on because you have alumni, you have older guys there, you have guys that are, are the age of the weight coach and some of the assistant coaches mm-hmm. on staff. So now you have a conversation continually going on where everyone can work through it through different channels. Maybe the alumni guy could go to the coach and say, hey, he's feeling this way. And they couldn't probably nip it in the bud. Did something to help this kid, protect this kid from feeling this way. Mm -hmm. No, we're all separated. I don't know if that's intentional. I don't know what it was, but no. So is it fair to say that you don't feel com- you wouldn't feel comfortable trying to walk into the Iowa football complex? I mean, no, I you don't feel welcome. See, I just think that's no. I just think that's uh, silly, s- silly and sad on our part on on Iowa's part. I just think it's silly and sad. And I want to ask you, and if you don't want to talk about, it, I understand. But how much of that do you think is just traced to how you, the last game you played as a Hawkeye? I don't know. I, if it is, it's sad. If it, I agree, I don't. I I, I really don't know. I, I think that my four years there, so you're saying to me that I got switched, I stayed, I played a position I didn't want to play. Yes. I come back, I play my junior year, I break my leg my junior year, mm-hmm. I come back to go where everybody wants to go, which is the Rose Bowl, and you really think that I want to throw a game. Out of all of that, I want to get to this game to say, you know what, I think I want to throw a game. Personally, I've never thought that. Oh, no. Uh I've never thought that. And I'm not just saying that because you're on the air with us. We've had Don Patterson on here. Don Patterson told us that he looked in your eyes after that Rose Bowl, and he knew right then. He goes, he didn't. There was no chance. He said you were devastated. He said, and I've never thought that, Ronnie. No, I'm saying that this is one situation when they criminalize a behavior of a black player instead of not if it was a white player, mm-hmm. because the same situation happened before in the season, and there was never a talk about it, ever. Mm-hmm. Meaning not on my end. So this so, may be a... I, I don't, in, in all, I don't believe this most... This is what I, the players are talking about, how they treat it unfairly. Yeah. It's not fair treatment. 
So you think part of the reason it was so quick for Iowa fans to dismiss you and think the worst about the Rose Bowls partly because you were black? And I, oh yeah, no okay. Problem. No, that's. I mean, I can understand. I mean, Tom, I, I think most Hawkeye fans have never thought that that you threw the game. That's what. They, but I, there I, is. I don't know. I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I wasn't really concerned about it because the truth is the truth. Sure. That's why. I mean, one in everybody's career, you're going to have a bad day. Mm-hmm. Just hopefully, it's not a this kind of way <laughs> well Ronnie I also looked the the game I mean I watched that game and I remember each of the fumbles was different and each of the fumbles it looked like the ball was not I and mean, sometimes you have to give credit to the defender too and that's kind of how I've explained it I mean you know I mean do you agree with that sometimes the, the defense makes a good play too no sometimes you just have a bad day mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell I don't talk to people about it because there's really nothing to talk about it I mean sure no I understand I, I wish I didn't have a bad day but I had a bad day, and to say out of all of those years, so you're saying to me you never see me had a bad day, so I do have a bad day, and on that bad day you decide to say that he threw the game. That's incredible to me. I, well, the the other thing is is I don't recall you playing uh, defense on that particular day, and didn't we give up 45 points? That well, see, nobody wants to hear about that. Well, not do that. Well, but Tom it's just, true. Tom just brought it up. So yeah, no, that's there's there's more sides of the. I mean, what, I mean, I mean, people will call in and say, "Oh, he's he's complaining." I'm not complaining. I'm telling you, it was just a bad day, and that's just the way it went. And I believe there's nothing him. more and nothing less about it. Yeah. I and mean, I'm, now if you want to look at me and say I did this, I did that because I'm a city guy, then that's on you. Mm-hmm. That's where the racial thing starts to creep in. Mm-hmm. Because what? Because I'm black and I'm from New York, I had to be. And with the mob, how do you even get to that point? I'm only 19 now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now I'm mob-related, and I'm not even – I don't – I've never understood that. I'm like, wow, okay. Well, I know Hayden Fry was always – he always defended you in this situation, and I've just always – I mean, I just – it's just unfortunate. I mean, I just wish there was more – because like I said, I know a lot of fans, Ronnie, that you're one, you're their favorite player. I mean, I mean you're one of Tom's favorite Absolutely. players. Absolutely. I mean, what you Absolutely. did for Iowa, and you were so much fun to watch. That was You made football fun. You really did, just the way you played. Well, <laughs> thank you for that. But, you know, this is truly a situation about the kids that no, I know. are going through this. And, yes, I went through the same situations that they're going through, and I didn't have a means to voice out because, again, the story was controlled by the powers that be, mm-hmm. whereas now the kids have a means to express that, yes, this is going on. Now, whether people want to believe it or not, and I understand it is very hard for people to understand that this is going on in Iowa's program, but it is. Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to believe it, what is one to do? What I mean, what what do you want these kids to do? If they would, if I, I I truly think if it was their kids, they would be horrified that wow, my kid is actually going through this. This huh? is incredible. I don't even. This is the only reason I'm talking is because this is this is incredible. Well, I, no, we appreciate it, and if it's we, heartbreaking. Yeah, it really it, is, it and, is. And I think we got to help spread awareness. And I know your wife wrote a very powerful op-ed that uh, it's, I mean, it's very heartfelt. And 
So what do you think needs to happen? I mean, what do you think, what's the, what does Iowa need to do to start getting back in the right direction, in your opinion? Wow. There are so many things that it's a system, and we all know systems are really hard to change unless you change the people within that system. Mm-hmm. So this is systematic. This is not something that's isolated. This is a systematic situation that's going on because there are so many guys over 50 guys yeah yeah and adding and if you add me to the list that's by 51 well we're up to 51 right I'm, I'm gone and you know ronnie the one who got this started people are like oh these are just players who are just the one who got this started graduated in three years started two-year starter made all big 10 and he was a second round draft pick he had james daniels had great success here and he's still a Still said this stuff, so he wasn't a disgruntled football player who had an agenda. And that, I mean, to me, that speaks volumes. That's my point. So, what do people? I mean, what do Iowans want to see happen? Because this is their team too. They will be. They're representing Iowa. Iowa players are representing Iowa. The, mm-hmm. the fans are representing Iowa. So, I think Iowa could be in the forefront of changing or having some kind of change to what's going on. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate, but you are dealt a hand, and you have to play it the best way you can. Mm-hmm. I mean, sort of like when I would switch. I was dealt a hand, and I just said, okay, this is how it's going to be. It, it is so disheartening to know that people in power want to demean people. I just never understood that. Why was it necessary for these coaches to do that? What did they get out of demeaning these young guys? Don't know. Don't know. That's the question, Ronnie. I'm at a loss. I don't know. I mean, I understand football's tough and you you, you tear players down, but I don't know why. I don't think there's a place for bullying in football. I don't care how tough the game is. I mean, you still got to respect the people. That's right, and that's what this was about. It was about bullying somebody because I had the power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And okay. That, and and what you said that this is an opportunity for Iowa to be at the forefront of real change, and I think you are absolutely right. And you also asked, what do Iowans want? Well, I think Iowans want exactly that. We. I think it's most time. Do. It most is time. Yeah. To change. Yeah, it's time to change. It's long overdue. Way overdue. Well, hopefully the, these guys will get some resolve from this from the situation that they went through that they can say that they had a part in changing the system mm-hmm. and making it uh, a better place for the other guys that will come behind them because they stepped out of their zone and said the things they had to say which was great because when when would this change have taken place we would have never known only the players would have known mm-hmm. that this was going on. And if they spoke up, no one would have ever really truly believed them. That's what they're asking. They're asking to believe their story. Yes. You yeah. may not like them, but believe that this is going on. I don't say this with uh, satisfaction or joy. I say it with a sad heart to say that these young guys, are going through this, and they're still going through it because they're bringing it up five, six years later to say, yes, I mm-hmm. went through that. Mm-hmm. I transferred because of that. I was muted 
I couldn't say anything to anyone. And I was there in Iowa from 2005 to 2009, and I was working in the learning center, and that's all we used to talk about, basically, mm-hmm. was what was going on. Not football. We didn't never talked about football. We talked about how do I navigate this system that they felt was against them, mm-hmm. and it was. Well, and when, you know, if it were one person coming out and saying something, then, you know, you can say, well, he's just bitter. Mm-hmm. He, he did, you know, he's <laughs> lying. But if it's 40 to 50 people coming out and saying essentially the same thing, there is no question that yeah. it's happening. Yes, it's, you can't dispute it. I wanted to ask you, Ronnie, you said you were back. Is that when you met your wife during, during the 2005 to 09 period? How did you and Noel get... You no, I met my wife at Western Illinois. Oh, I was okay. Coaching there. Okay, okay. And, and I said to myself, I would never marry someone from Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> and, and look what happened. So something good did come out of Iowa, by golly. Well, I was so glad she reached out to me, boy. She, she's, she seems very impressive. I kind of, I mean, um, do you like living out in Washington, D.C.? How long have you been out there? Uh, been out here, oh, wow. What, maybe 10 years, okay. I guess? You like it out there? Yeah. I'm with my wife and my baby girl, so I like wherever they're at. Okay. I don't really have a place. I'm a New Yorker. Okay. I just go where I go. And what's Sometimes. your baby? What's your baby daughter? Baby girl's name? Ava. Ava. Yeah, I, I saw the picture. She's adorable. She's adorable. My Tom, wife sent you a picture. Yeah, she sent me a picture of the three of you. It's a great. <laughs> it's a. It's a great portrait. Oh yep, she did. And, um, she sent me the op-ed, and like I said, I've. I mean, Tom, I. You know, I I just want to thank you for uh, for coming on with us today. No, it probably and, wasn't easy. And being completely no, honest. This <laughs> no, this wasn't easy. I'm not a. You're not a talker. You've never been. I mean, I mean, you've always been kind of quiet. And I, that's another thing I liked about you. You 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 spoke with your actions more than anything. But this, I know this. I appreciate you talking about the Rose Bowl. And I just, like I said, I just hope there's a way that we can bring Ronnie Harmon and Iowa football back together somehow because I think they deserve each other. You you were great for Iowa football, and I just hope there's a way we can do it, Ronnie. I really do. Well, that would be up to the powers that be. I hope they can bring back all the alumni that helped build the program to get these guys to have an opportunity to be mentored through their uh, years playing at Iowa. Mm-hmm. That would be great. Okay. Tom, do you have anything All else? right, no, just thank you so much. and uh, Thank you, guys. Uh, really appreciate it, Ronnie. Tell your wife I really appreciate her reaching out, and you got a great family, and good luck with everything. We really appreciate it. All right, you guys, thank you. All right, have bye-bye. Thank you, Take too. Take care of Thanks. each other. That was wow. uh, amazing. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it seriously was, just li- listening to, to it. it, it just... Amazing and sad. Yeah. yeah, very. You know, that would be something for – the people that put together when we have another Fry Fest, that would be something for them to do with it's the universities to bring them all back and 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 put them together and make them feel a part of Iowa again. Because he made it clear that he does not feel welcome. No, crystal yeah. clear. Crystal clear. And didn't particularly feel welcome when he was here. And I don't think he's exaggerating about I know people who played with him that's right around my age and they said he didn't talk to anybody and now we know why and i'm yep, not you know sure i'm do. not i'm not going to just sit here and say that the iowa coaches were all to blame or whatever i mean cuz he did say at the beginning hayden fry was part of what brought him out here but 
there was obviously a disconnect and mm-hmm. the fact that he told his brother not to come out here i mean that's it's just sad i just it's just unfortunate it, it is very sad and you know because so many hawkeye fans have he made so many hawkeye fans so happy Yes, with his play, he was and so fun to watch. You all, you know, in your head, you always imagine that they are happy to be there and that th- their experience is as good as your experience is, and it obviously it just isn't the well, case. He said it was strictly business for him. It just isn't the case. He yeah. was, st- you know, and I mean, I okay, I'm not the sports guy or anything, and I I don't hold on to names or anything, but I always just thought he was freaking amazing he was oh and my I god never yes. i i swear to god i never believed it was anything but a bad every anybody can have hell i can have a bad week mm-hmm. i mean anybody can I've have had, a bad i've had day, bad like years bad careers i've had bad yeah, yeah. <laughs> i've had 56 i've had 56 <laughs> years of bad <laughs> but i mean no that was that just yeah. i was just uh enthralled by that. And if you do look at the tape from the Rose Bowl, every each fumble was different. Yeah. And the ball was getting knocked from him. Like you said, he had a bad day. He didn't have many. No. I just appreciate the fact that Ronnie had the courage to come. That couldn't have been easy. Oh, my God. No. Because he knew. Uh, he, but you said he would. Yeah, everybody prefaced. We, we, you know, he's not going to be a good interview. He was a great interview. It was well, a, no, they didn't say he wasn't going to be a good They just said he's not very talkative. Yeah. Yeah. It was such a powerful interview. Yeah. I didn't get a chance to ask him about the number one versus number two. Yeah. But what, what that felt he, like. I think he got more comfortable as we started talking. He did. He yeah. wanted to get his word out. He wants to help these Black players that are here now, he wants to try to be part of the solution, but he doesn't feel that Iowa wants him to help, and I think it's all traced back to well, the, and how, we know why now, and it, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but you know is. he did. He he sacrificed two years of his career to play a position he didn't want to play. Broke his leg, came back. I think sometimes it's easy to forget the things that he did as a part of a team and just focus on that one. And I think that's where he's he, he seems hurt. Do you? Yes, I think he's. I, I think he just Why seems like he's a, hurt that the, anybody would even think that mm-hmm. that because he's a, a black dude from Queens and he wasn't that perfect. He's mobbed up. He wasn't perfect. I mean, no, he wasn't an but, excellent student, but he never claimed to be that. He came out here to play football to try to get into the NFL. Don't you think that would be a good thing for like to yes. bring them all out here? For yes, I think it would be great. Or, yeah. But uh, his wife told me that he's tried to reach out at times and just has not. Well, maybe uh, maybe the powers that be here can convince the university. Well, you notice though he yeah. he remade he kept saying the certain word powers to be, and he kept saying the word system. Uh-huh. System. He looks at this thing as one big giant system controlled mostly by white people. Yes, I mean, and yeah. which it is, well, which, which it is. is, which it is, and we can't relate to his experiences. A lot of people thought Ronnie, when he was here, was rude and aloof and whatever. Ronnie was unhappy and. Scared, I think, as much yeah. as all that other stuff. Yeah, he was a kid. He was a kid. He was. He was 10 months younger. He was 17. He was 17 when he came out here and started playing as a true freshman. Hello. Hey, good morning, fellas. Good morning, hey, Terry. Terry. You know, I got a, a, a quick story to counter anybody that's got some ill feelings towards Ronnie. Um, when he was here, he was he stated he was working at the Learning Center. And uh, my daughter-in-law played softball here at Iowa. And... Ronnie was her uh, counselor, okay. her academic counselor, and they stayed in touch. And uh, they had gone out to um, Delaware. My son and daughter-in-law had gone out to Delaware and met up with uh, Ronnie and his wife and had a great time. And uh, 
they invited Ronnie back for their wedding here in Iowa City many years ago. Okay. And Ronnie and his wife both came to the wedding because he says, it's not very often I get to stay in touch with my students. And I had a chance to sit down and talk to him during the reception, and we didn't even talk football. Remarkable guy. Remarkable guy. Mm -hmm. Talking about life, talking about things going on in, in the world. And we never talked football. And, you know, I hope people have a chance to sit down and talk to Ronnie sometime because he uh, is a remarkable person. I agree. I mean, I don't know him the way you do. I mean, I wasn't very impressed by the way he talked today. Very. Very impressed. That's a neat story. We need more stories like that, Terry, and that's good to know. I mean, because I get a sense deep down Ronnie Harmon would like to be embraced by Iowa football again. But I I really do think it's a void in his life. I don't want to speak for him, but he kind of said that. I mean, yeah. I okay. just yeah, it's just, it's just a sad story, but a little story like that that's a that's a good nice positive spin on. It. I appreciate you sharing that. You betcha. You guys have a great day today. Okay. Thanks, man. Yeah. All right. Thanks. So yeah, no, this was uh, oh, something. Hello. Hey, um, is this the? Am I? Is this the on airline? You are yes. on the air. Yeah. <laughs> hey, long time listener, first time caller. Hey. I was incredibly impressed with that interview that you just did with Ronnie Harmon. Um, everything about that, and thank you so much for getting this guy on there and just letting him speak. Um, wow. Yeah. I don't know how anybody could not think really highly of this guy, one. And two, he was just so matter-of-fact and down-to-earth and real about his experience yeah. at Iowa. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's just – I was just amazed by that. Yeah, it was – I have a, a teenage black son who's very, very into sports, and so I'm really to, tuned into all of this thing right now. And just – I just think that interview you did should be – picked up by national media sources that was so good well i appreciate that we'll have it as a podcast later on today up on hawkfanatic.com if your son wants to listen to it it'll be it'll be in a podcast yeah i was gonna it'll be on youtube as well so good it'll be on youtube yeah i have a lot of friends that i want to direct them to that also okay who will be really interested in hearing this but we appreciate that i really do Thanks, guys. All right. Well, thank this. you. Thank you. Really impressive. Thank we you. Appreciate that. Yeah, that interview was way better than I expected. Oh my goodness! I yes. was. I mean, I. I just it was raw and it was real and yeah, he was great. Boy, he raw just, is, just, is accurate. He's just, mm-hmm. he's just great. Hello, Steve Kahn. How you guys doing? Good, hey, Steve. Yeah, good. Uh, good interview. First of all, I've been following it a long time and I've actually watched the game, but I can tell you. This looks like the perfect timing, and I think it would be a mistake if we didn't put the two together because this is the perfect time. I agree. Well, yeah, and hopefully uh, – I mean, I look at situations as, you know, far as how – I mean, this is a win-win no matter what, isn't it? Well, not no matter what, but, but I'm just saying it's it's when you got these issues here. I think it's it's it's, it's to me the timing is, is really interesting thing. I just think it it, it needs to happen. It's just all I, I'm saying. I, I couldn't agree more. I agree. I, I mean, because the, he has a lot to say, and this is an important subject. And I think that he needs to be back here. I mean, I was a fan that I, I you know I was a big fan, but yeah, I didn't like the game either. But I learned a different perspective of this, 
And I think this is the perfect time that we need to say, hey, reach out. I mean, it's all about, you know, we got to, this is, a, this is, there's no better time than this, if you ask me. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Things are happening right now. And I just wanted to give you, because like I said, everyone knows I've been a fan for a long time. Thanks, Steve. And I look at the facts, and to me, if you don't do it now, when? That's what I'd say. I agree completely. Agreed. I agree. Okay, thank you. Thank Thanks, you, man. Bye. The problem with having Ronnie Harmon on is, what do you do for an encore? Yeah. We got a show tomorrow. <laughs> who do I who do I get tomorrow? I better call Gatons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Gator, you're on. <laughs> Hello. You think do you think that with this frustration of the position change that other players like I don't know, Marvin McNutt or anybody, do you think they have that same feeling of powerlessness? That's don't a, know. It's a fair question. It and is. I don't know. I mean Marvin McNutt switched from quarterback. I think his situation well, Marvin wasn't going to play. At quarterback. Ronnie, to me, now remember, they had Owen Gill and Eddie Phillips when he got here. Yes. Two proven running backs, but to me, Ronnie was better than both of them. Oh, absolutely. And, and they were both pretty good. And they were both really good, but Ronnie was better. Hello. Hey, uh, yeah, I have to have a quick story on Ronnie. Okay. Uh, I'm good. I'm uh, buddies with Dave Hudson, and uh, uh-huh. we golf together. We golf together quite a bit. Uh, then one day he goes, hey, you mind if I bring a buddy along? I go, I don't care, man. Go ahead. And uh, I'm sitting there in the parking lot waiting for Dave to show up. And uh, here walks Ronnie Hartman out of the car. I'm like, awesome. You know? And uh, I golf with him for nine holes. And, and he is the most down-to-earth guy that I've ever met. And I really enjoyed the interview. Oh, thank well, you. thank so you for sharing. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah thanks thank for sharing yeah. that story. It was great. It was great to hear Ronnie. And uh, keep doing the great job you guys do. Thank thanks you, sir. So Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Tyler just funny. Tyler Devine just tweeted, um, "I am 29 years old and have lived in Iowa City my entire life, and today was the first time I've heard Ronnie Harmon's voice." Uh, wow. Hello. Hey, I got a question. I've been following this for a while and noticed that uh, a lot of the people in the media say they were caught off guard by all of this, and I noticed also that there's no black people or people of color in the press corps following Iowa sports. Do you think there's any there, connection? There is. There are, there are some. There's there some. some. There's a few, but no, it's Rick largely. Rick Coleman is one. It's largely, it's largely a white media in a white, largely white state. I get it, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and because I've had some people reach out, well, why don't you have some black people working for you at hawkfanatic.com? Well, I don't know anyone who wants to. I've only got one job available. Tyler's in that. It's a fair question, though. I get it. Yeah. And what I'm saying is we were caught off guard and the fact that it all came so quickly, I, 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 maybe I should have realized when George Floyd died, I'm like, uh-oh, this may... Because like I said, I did see subtle things in the past, but never enough to... Obviously, I never wrote about anything. But not this tidal wave. But not this tidal wave. I just... I remember, like I said, I remember saying, geez, why do they always have three out of four team captains? Why are they always white? Why do they send mostly white players to the Big Ten? I used to say that stuff to myself, but I didn't do anything. So like I said, I, yeah. maybe, I'm part of the, maybe I'm part of the problem too. We all are, unfortunately. I have one more, and I don't mean one more issue, and I don't mean to be nitpicky, but it seems like so many times you guys or anybody is interviewing a black player. You hear the word articulate or impressive, and I think a lot of people might see that as a microaggression. You don't necessarily say that about a white player. Yes, we do. No, we actually, actually, absolutely. We actually, we have, though. I get what you're saying, sir. Well, of course, I get what you have. He plays for Iowa football, he's in college. 
But you hear that term all the time as if you, you're, people are kind of shocked. It's qualifying. I don't well, no, the reason th- this one's a little different because I have been told by Ronnie's not a real talkative person. I mean, I talked to his wife last night. He does not do tons of interviews. He's, I, it had nothing mm-hmm. to do with this. It has more to do with his personality yeah. than his race. Yeah. That's where I'm saying yeah. that, that had mm-hmm. nothing to do. And for me, maybe we did lay it on. I just appreciated him coming on our show today. But we've and used I, that for white players. But, so but I sure. do understand what he's saying, that unconscious yeah. uh-huh. bias thing. I get what you're saying. I'm not going to dismiss what you're saying. But and I think I'm it, not even talking about this interview. I mean, but I know what you mean. Everybody that's, every time you hear, I've been listening to all these podcasts for the last few days on this. You know, I'm a new, new listener. And every time you interview a black player, I don't know who was the other day, how impressive, how impressive. And yes, they were impressive, but it's, it, it is, it can be seen as a microaggression. I just don't, I think you got to be careful with that, you know, especially in terms okay, of. Okay, no, I get you. Fair enough. Let me give you an example. We had Chad, okay. we had Chad Greenway on a, a while back, and I remember when he was done, I'm like, man. Chad's so great at expressing. I mean, he just so is that different though because that's a white guy saying that about a white guy? Because I built up Chad Greenway just okay. How many times? (laughs) These are the times we live in, you know, and you know it 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 gets to be though too much. It does get to be. How many times have have we said after interviewing Brett Bielema? Yeah, uh, and uh, other white coaches. Wow, if how does anybody choose where to go? These if you're not racist, you don't even think of this crap that he's bringing up. Well, you know, yeah. you, you don't well, think of it. I mean, you can micromanage everyone's speech and you can look for the bad in everyone. But the fact of the matter is, when I said this guy that, I mean, I just thought he was amazing. It wasn't because he's black or anything. Yeah. It's because of the honesty. And there. because of yeah. the subject matter we were talking about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean but I, caller, don't get me wrong. I get what you're saying. It's out there. I get it. I, I do get and that. But we. There's a history of words like that. You know, you're right. Talk about yeah. black players, you know, going back hundreds, hundreds of years. You know, he, what they said about Frederick Douglass. Well, he was impressive for a black man. Well, he was articulate for a black man. Well, that's how far how, how far back this goes. Oh, I know. Okay, it goes back even farther than that. Yeah, I'm not pointing fingers at you guys necessarily, but no, it's a larger. I understand. Use of my, use of language. Yeah. But my thing with Ronnie well, today, enough. my thing with Ronnie today, though, was more the subject matter than the race. I, I just, just thought we yes. had, he handled some. Du- I would have said that nothing. to a white guy who was talking about the same thing or, or what have you. But I I respect your opinion. You have a right to your opinion. I'm so and, sick of that opinion, though. Oh, I, God. I mean, I I'm getting because, there too. I, I mean seriously, because you can do that with everything. Um, you can do you can micromanage people's speech. There was absolutely nothing that, and I can say this uh, with 100% certainty, there was nothing that came out of that interview with the, three, with the two of you and my comments at the end that had anything freaking to do with race. Well, and the Greg Maven he, thing. He was just, you know, you could look at it too like people call athletes dumb jocks, you know, yep. and they assume white or black that because you played football or or whatever, that you're not as smart as people that uh, are accountants or whatever. No, it's... You well, that, do that, with that moniker, I think, is a very old moniker, and you yeah, don't hear that very often yeah, anymore. Yeah, it doesn't hold... I hear it on occasion. And my thing with Greg Maven up. was not... I wasn't impressed with him 
how t- articulate it was because he was black. It was because of the subject matter yes. that he was dealing with. That was a very tough thing to talk about. And he very mature for a young kid, too. I mean, I mean if Maven's a, not very old. If but, a former white player came on and addressed a very sensitive, powerful topic like that, the way I'd say the same thing. But do you think we've ever had anything on this pro- program or this radio station that has been that honest, and, and I'm serious, that honest and raw as we just had? No. I don't... I no, because most so. of the interviews we've had have been people that are talking about really... I mean, Fred Brown, we, it was all... Ha- Ronnie obviously was not happy here, and it's amazing that he stayed here and played as well as he did, that unhappy. Hello. Yeah. Morning, guys. Morning. Hey, uh, a great interview, as always. Um, just wanted to kind of sum this up, I guess, a little bit. Uh, we were talking earlier there about other things, but, you know, I, I guess part of part of my thinking has been, you know, after Gary Dalton had his little incident there a couple of years ago and the university came down on it and, you know, addressed it right away, I guess part of me always thought, man, we're just, you know, we're sensitive to that. We're responsive. Clearly we're not. Yeah. Uh, Clearly we have issues and, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can figure out how to, how to make things better. Cause no, you know, it's, it's tough enough when a kid goes off to college close, let alone halfway across the country Put in the spotlight and, and NC, you know, Division One players, Division Two players. You you are controlled by the program. Yeah. Your life is not yours anymore, mm-hmm. and and it's hard enough. But then to feel like you're you're being picked on, you know, select or you know somehow discriminated against in any way, you know. Hopefully, hopefully we move forward and and. You know, unfortunately, race, we can get too sensitive. And I don't think you guys have ever once made a comment to me that goes, oh, okay, they're, you know, they're being racist or that's just being, well, you, know, you know. So you guys do an excellent job interviewing no matter thanks. who you interview. Appreciate, Appreciate that. Uh, so, we tend to lay it on but, thick. No, we, I, like I, to, we like to build up our guests. I mean, you well, know. Sure. And we, well, we shower I'm them with compliments, you. but they're doing us a favor coming on here, you know. So. That, I'm 46, and that's the first time I've heard Ronnie Harmon since he played here. Yeah, 30 years ago. That honestly, 35 so, years you ago. You know, that so that that shows you, you know, unfortunately, and we're used to you know seeing Chuck Long and some of these guys out, and we're the ones that are around. But but no, I think I think we do have issues. I don't know at what level in the in the university or the department that that's there, but. I think we gotta we gotta address it because we shouldn't yep. have anybody wearing the black and gold that feels like they don't belong. I agree. Well said. Yep. Thanks for sharing. Yep. You know, maybe Thank you. Uh, time you approach uh, Josh Schomburger and uh, you know how call up the the Ferences and suggest that these guys like Ronnie are brought brought back here i mean that would be that's uh, well, ronnie I'm was certainly here. willing to ronnie was here yeah. for four years recently and i don't ever seen he never really seemed to be so much 
affiliated with the football program when yeah. he was here. Yeah, I mean, they should be welcome back. And Oh, I, I of course. Of course they How about should. me thinking he was from, I don't know, I thought for sure he was from Staten Island. I don't know why. Well, I didn't correct you. Well, he so did. I, he I did, he laughed too. at me. I, he I just, did. How, I love how I just start the interview off and I just put false, <laughs> false news. He's probably like, who is fake this? Fake news. Who is this fake news? Who is this clown? <laughs> yeah. But no, there was a lot of emotion in Ronnie's <laughs> voice, but there was. I thought there was hurt and frustration in his voice yes. too. Yep. And hopefully we can, hopefully this was the start of maybe a healing process. And like well, I said, hope so. I really appreciate Ronnie coming on. Hope the listeners enjoyed it. I appreciate his wife, Noel, arranging this thing. And um, guys, got, got anything that else? That was amazing. I can come in. We can do this again tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, Maybe yeah. We can get Ronnie it. on again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Could you, who are you going to get on? Get on somebody tomorrow. I got to call Gaten. Yeah. Who, who, um, I'd love to get, could you imagine going from Ronnie Harmon to Bill Walton? <laughs> so what, Bill, Walton, Bill Walton's somebody who doesn't have a racist bone in his body. Bill Walton has always been for civil rights and what have you. But no, I appreciate Ronnie being on. Hope the Absolutely. listeners enjoyed it and everyone enjoy this beautiful weather. All right, check out hawkfanatic.com beginning later today.